Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts podcast. This is episode number 274 overall, but if you're keeping track by season, this is season six, episode 35, and my name is Britt. I'm Craig. And Craig, we are back. We are going to do our AFC and NFC um, previews today, or kind of just overviews, as we wade through the last few weeks of the offseason. The new season now officially drops the first week of July. We are less than one month from the start of Season 7 of the Football Fignuts Podcast. Crazy, isn't it? Crazy. Crazy. But first, let us begin where we always begin. Craig, what are you drinking tonight, my friend? Uh, So tonight, I have a beer that I've had on this podcast before, but I love it so much that I'm going to drink it again. Uh, I have a can of Washington Sour from Reverie Brewing. I haven't been to Reverie in ages. Uh, it's a we should it's a uh, tart cherry sour ale in case anyone wanted to know but I think it's delicious I mean you definitely you definitely have to like cherry to like this beer just saying the source lives in that area so we just got to plan a day and let him know I I, I'll tell you right now hell froze over this week (laughs) oh did it I planned a father's day gathering I'm taking my father out for dinner Friday night okay first off first off listen let me hot tip from your good friend, Britt. You do not have to send celebrate Father's Day on that Sunday. True. You could you could do it another day. I, yeah. sa- I said I, am, I can take my father for a good meal Friday night mm-hmm. and spend 150 to 200 bucks for a decent-sized party, or I could take him to brunch on Father's Day and pay three times that and not feel like we had a decent meal. That's true. That was, is brunch really a Father's Day thing? That was oh, more, more mother's father day. is my father loves brunch. I mean, brunch is my favorite personal favorite meal of the day. But yeah, okay. but I mean, Father's Day brunches are overpriced and they're usually done to, to like move us in and out like cattle. Right. So right. yeah. So I said to my father, I said, "Do you want to do something Friday night?" And we have a big family gathering coming up next month, and we're okay. supposed to celebrate like seventeen things, including Father's Day, just because schedules have been hard to cut to connect. And so I said, "Listen, you want to go have dinner anyway?" And he's like, "Yeah, all right, let's go have dinner." So I said. I'm going to reach out to my brother. I know he's going to be like, oh, you know, well, I got to be to work. and I got to do this, the kids. And all, and all. I'm like, but I'm going to offer. Okay. So I sent him a text mm-hmm. and I said, we're taking dad out six o'clock this Friday. Here's where we're going. Do you guys want to join us? Uh-huh. And I got a text back and about half an hour later. Oh, well, one of the kids has to work that night and it's a Friday night. It's the end of a week. Uh, I think we'll pass. We're, we're going to reach out to him and try to take him out ourselves this weekend. I'm like, okay, great. That's fine. I'm not busting stones. Last okay. night, he texted me. Okay. <laughs> We've changed our minds. We'd like to join you. <laughs> and I almost fell out of my chair. I looked at my wife and I went, the source and his family are coming to dinner Friday. And she was like, who? And I'm like, the source, my brother. And she went, your actual brother. I'm like, yes. <laughs> they're, coming, they're coming to dinner they're scheduled because they have two kids one is in is in junior athletics one is working a job and is in is it doing esports for work mm-hmm. um so coordinating schedules and he's he works full-time coordinating schedules with them is a nightmare I, that's why i said to my wife i said i am not even going to go through him first i don't want to exclude him i just know it's gonna take me seven years to get a day and a time from him because he's so busy. So I'm just going to do this. And lo and behold, now I'm having dinner with the source on Friday night. 
Nice. So yeah, out of nowhere. So hell is frozen over. But wait, hold on. That is the sound, ladies and gentlemen, of a Kentucky Lightning from oh. Two Roads Brewing opening. Oh. This is a limited run that they do every year in May. It is just one of those beers that gets way stronger as it ages. So let's see, when they canned this back on May 6th, it's a sour mash ale aged in bourbon barrels. Where's the ABV on this bad boy? 8.5%. Now it's had a month to sit in this can and just think about what it has done. So I'm assuming this is going to be really strong, but that is what I am drinking tonight. I'm drinking the 2023 version of Kentucky Lightning. Very so, nice. Very yeah, I'm nice. very excited about it. I, and it's an expensive beer. It's like it's like eight dollars or nine dollars for a two pack. Actually, mm-hmm. I think it's over ten. I think it's like ten or eleven dollars yeah, for you only, a two pack. You only get two. Right. So it's like six dollars, like what you would pay like for a pint in a store or in a in a bar. But if you only get it once a year, you got to do it. Oh yeah. No. All right. On to burning hot takes. And for the first time ever. I'm just taking over burning hot takes. That's right. I got I got three topics. I get onto the, the call with Craig, and I'm like, you got anything for burning hot takes? And he's like, oh, no, but I'm sure I can come up with something. I'm like, don't bother. I've got us covered. So let's start at the beginning. <laughs> As one does. Burning hot take number one. One day after people expressed significant concern regarding Stefan Diggs, Sean McDermott clarified the situation. Keeping in mind, he was one of the people who was like, I don't know what's going on with Stefan Diggs. That was a different story today. Diggs returned to practice on Wednesday, did everything he was asked to do, according to the coach. But the coach also said, we had a good conversation. Great communication. We got to a point yesterday where we just felt like we all needed a break in some space. So I gave Steph permission to go get some space and head out and picked up those conversations after practice. So let me make it clear. It was not Steph leaving unexcused. He was excused by me. And so those conversations have got us to what I think and believe is a great spot. End quote. Craig, how does a coach not know where his player is on Tuesday and then miraculously Wednesday say, oh, by the way, I excused him? Uh, I think I think that's the coach just covering everyone's ass after Mm -hmm. the fact. I'm sure I'm sure the owner of the Bills called them and be like, uh, where, where, where the fuck is Diggs? <laughs> uh, because as anytime a big time player, because, you know, people don't show up to practice a lot, but it only gets notice of big time players. So mm-hmm. when people realized he was not there, that of course stirred up a whole media frenzy as it does. Uh, and I think the bills were like, Oh shit, we better say something about it. We don't want this it. distraction. We don't want right. this distraction. Because we all know sen- we all know that Diggs is not happy being a Bill. Correct. So. There is one sentence in that whole thing that draws my immediate attention. And it's we got to a point yesterday where we just felt like we all needed a break and some space. I work <laughs> in HR. I speak HR. <laughs> somebody got in somebody's face. Somebody got mad at somebody. Somebody was peeling potatoes. Yep. <laughs> Tossing salads, peeling potatoes. And then Kevin Nash walked in and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's just sit down and talk about this thing. And yeah. that's, that is absolute internal speak for something went not according to plan. People needed space 
So we gave him the rest of the day off. Absolutely yes. what that means. Now, what bothers me about it is Sean McDermott, play, who yesterday was like, I don't know what's going on with Dix. And now all of a sudden he's like, oh, yeah, I sent him home. That doesn't happen in any business ever. Even in the NFL, coaches always know where their people are or where they're not. Mm-hmm. So you can do a no-show at a camp, and the coach obviously won't know where you are, but obviously he knows you're not there. But it is extremely rare that a coach excuses someone from practice and then forgets that he did <laughs> it and has to backtrack a day later saying, oh, yeah, that was an excused absence. So the, to your point, I think absolutely. Absolutely. Sean McDermott went on camera yesterday and went, I don't know what's going on with Diggs. And then his phone rang. <laughs> and I imagine it's a red phone, like the bat phone. <laughs> yes. With a glass over it. And Sean McDermott said, excuse me, I have to take this. Yes, commissioner. And found out that he he'd, he fucked this up. I, yeah. Yeah. I am. I, I, I will tell you a quick side story. So my father-in-law is a huge Bills fan. Okay. Huge Bills fan. Okay. Sunday night, we were at a, a dance recital for my niece. She was tremendous. I sat through a two-hour dance recital to see her dance for 90 seconds. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'd, I got to tell you, I hope the value increases as she gets older. <laughs> because I, I know I saw a couple of, of dancers like three or four times. And I'm like, why the hell am I watching this girl? I don't even know who she is. Um, I'm just, I'm just, dance is not my thing. So anyway, um, and he's sitting there with you during intermission. He's wearing his Bill's hat. Okay. And he just points at the logo and he says, this is the year. <laughs> is there, is he t- <laughs> uh, for what? <laughs> and I went, you think so? Because I didn't have the heart to just tell him, dad, no, no, no. This, you know, I don't know who this team is. We all, we all, we all say that every year and I, I get that, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I just, I could not, I could not. Yeah. We all say it about our teams, right? Except me, except me. I'm the guy who instantly, I, I will always sit here and I'll be honest with myself on the air, but privately I look at the schedule and I'm like, loss, loss. Oh, we can win that. Loss, loss, win. Oh, it's Vegas. Win, loss, loss, loss. That's around the time that Mahomes has to miss three games with an ankle injury. Loss, loss. In my head, the Chiefs are 4-13 and 13 every year. But obviously, that's not the reality of it. And and, and I, I try to take myself the fandom out of it when I sit down and do my projections. But yes, absolutely. I mean, it's... But I was like, I was like, you think so? He's like, I do. I think this is the year Alan's going to get it together. I think all the pieces are there. And I'm like, you've been listening to sports radio, Dad. <laughs> you're, you're starting to... You're, you're, you're one Blake Bortles reference away from sounding like the guys I listen to. <laughs> Of course, yeah. we all know that if Blake Bortles was the quarterback, they would have all the pieces. They would have all the pieces, and it would be their year, even in the offseason. It, Blake Bortles is so good that even when he's not there, it's still their year. The, ble- <laughs> the blessing of Blake is down upon the Buffalo Bills. Get all those bees there, Blake, Bortles, Buffalo, Bills. It's all, it's all around the B. <laughs> and that, that's, that's what's going to carry them to victory. Uh, I'm so sad he retired. I don't think I don't think we've seen the last of them. I hope to God. I swear to God, if he becomes like a, a, a like an assistant quarterback consultant somewhere, mm-hmm. I will buy that team merchandise up and down the street. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care if it's the freaking Chargers or the Broncos. It's a blood <laughs> enemy. I will wear their shit if it's got Blake Bortles on it. I uh, yeah, I have no argument there. 
Okay, I so that, that was the first one. <laughs> Question okay. number two comes from my wife. <clears throat> what? Yes. It's no. not football. Oh, it's okay. not football. <laughs> a conversation erupted, and I don't know who she had this conversation with, so your wife may know something about this. I have no idea. What is the one food that your family prepared so badly that it traumatized you as a child? Whew. And while you ponder that for a second, I will tell you ours. Hers was chicken. Her okay. parents were not great with preparing chicken. It was always like a dried up piece of jerky. She didn't eat chicken for like 10 years after she left home. Okay. For me, my grandfather was Hungarian mm-hmm. and no one in my family could make a different decent goulash to the point where and it was, they would burn it so badly that my brother and I used to joke. It looked like melted. It looked like a hot version of melted chocolate ice cream. It's and not if supposed I was, to look like that. No, it's not. <laughs> and if I was eating chocolate ice cream, I would let it melt for a few minutes and then go to my brother, hey, Source, I've got goulash. And he would scream from the room. Like little five-year-old Source would be like, I'd run. That's how much we, I, to this day, I have not had any goulash in probably, it's got to be 30 years right now. At least maybe even 40. I'm 48 now. It's probably about 40 years since the last time I even wow. was able to consider eating something called goulash. So, yeah, I was traumatized by my family's inability to make goulash. What about you? What's the one thing um, you had to eat that right. you can't, you just can't? Well, it's more it was never cooked right. So, you know, because I have to go off my mom's cooking, really. And your mom's a good not, cook. Not my aunt's. My aunt was the cooker in the family. Oh, okay. Because my mom, my mom hated cooking, like, with a passion. So, so what was the one traumatic showed. dish? Well, see, well, um, it, I wasn't going to say pork chops, but really back then people were like scared of pork chops and just made them until they were gray. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. It has to be cube steak. Have oh, my God. Had... That's on, that's on my wife's shortlist, too. I love cube steak. I do, too, when it's made right. And when it's not made right, it's like beef gum. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, having worked in a meat shop, I can tell you part of it is the cut of meat used. And you can usually tell just by looking at it. If you've worked in a meat shop, you can tell you can mm. tell by looking at it. There's like two different cuts that they typically like. And the most common one is, is chuck steak, which is nasty and fatty and very tough, which is why they cube it. Because putting holes in the meat and, and putting that pattern, it sometimes helps it cook a little bit easy, more evenly and, and isn't as tough. But there's mm-hmm. there, you can also use round steak, and if you use round steak, it's very very good. Yeah, I will. I I, I now I am on a mission. I'm gonna make you and my wife <laughs> some cube steak, oh. some good oh. cube steaks. One thank day. you, thank you. We'll yeah, you people don't know board. what that is. It's a really really thin piece of steak that you have to be very careful when you cook it because it easily overcooks and then oh, in a heartbeat. Yeah, in a heartbeat. That's why the the best you can bake them, but the best way to prepare them is to bread them in just a little bit of a basic Italian breadcrumb and then pan fry it with a little bit of olive oil because it forces the moisture oh, to stay inside. See, see, my mom never breaded them. It was just throw the steak on the on the uh, pan. You can do that. You can also cook them in gravy. That helps a little bit too. You can mm. you can pan fry them and then put them in some gravy in the oven for like five or ten minutes. Don't even have to like not, not really cooking them, just giving it time to soak in some gravy. But mm. if you're not a person who likes gravy, that's gross. You know what I mean? There's people who like things dripping in gravy, and there's people who are like, okay, you can put the gravy on the side. So 
Yeah. Oh, oh my god, breading them. Breading them is just a little bit of olive oil in the pan when you fry them makes makes them amazing. Mm. Um, you're talking to a guy who actually used a cuber, and yes, that was the machine. <laughs> That's was a called thing. a cuber. Yes. Oh, and the cuber the cuber is exactly what you think it is. So you had to you had to run them through twice, once on each direction. So you drop the meat into the cuber. It was literally a drop shoot, um, and it would put the pattern into it. But then you had to turn it ninety degrees and drop it again, so it cubed the other direction. Oh, I see. Yeah, oh, yeah. So that's that's how cubes cube steaks are made. And when I tell you this, it's a drop shoot. I mean, like literally, you would have to have the thinnest, longest arms imaginable to get your hand inside there and get your fingers caught but if you did it would literally rip your hand off hmm so oh, that's not good <laughs> yeah exactly so i i was very happy to use the shoot i just throw it in there i can you know I, I had a nice system you know right hand would drop left hand would catch swap it up i could just keep keep them moving two at a time and it was very very simple but, all right i'll make i'll make you some cube steaks i'll have you over all for right. dinner i'll make you some cube all steaks right. and, i'm up for that sure yeah i, I guarantee a citrus could be like i want cube steaks so <laughs> All right, so so that that's our that's our food. Hey, if you guys get a chance, email us fignutsdfs at gmail.com. What is the one food that was so badly prepared when you were a child you're traumatized? I want to hear it. I want to hear it. All right, so the last burning hot take. Yeah, I read a very interesting article today on NFL.com from Kevin Patra. Nine best new veteran QB wide receiver combos. Oh, that was long, but okay. All right. So places where they're veteran QBs with a new wide receiver and the best combos for this year. Okay. I'm going to run it down. There's nine of them on this list. Okay. I'm going to go in order his ranking. So number one is Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson. Okay. Okay. That's kind of understandable. All right. Number two is Lamar Jackson and Odell Beckham Jr. No. Okay. Number three is Trevor Lawrence with the recently returning Calvin Ridley. Intriguing. Okay, Intriguing. so that, keep that keep that on your list. Number four is Derek Carr with Chris Olave. Chris Olave yeah. is a, he's yeah he is their number one because Michael Thomas isn't back yet. Michael well Michael Thomas's stat and it opens with Michael Thomas's Michael Thomas's status might be a bigger narrative. <laughs> but yeah, I, Olave is probably right now the number one because we don't know what's going on with Thomas. Okay. All number right. five is Justin Fields and DJ Moore. Yeah. Eh. Number All six, right. Jimmy Garoppolo and Devontae Adams. Ooh. Yeah, that's the one that sparks my interest too. Okay. Number seven is Dak Prescott and Brandon Cooks. Go ahead and laugh. I'll give you a Okay, minute. next. <laughs> listen, listen. C.D. Lamb is standing over in the corner going, dude, I'm still here. Hello? What the Hello? fuck? Hello? Michael Gallup just walked in and went, hey, guys, I feel great. <laughs> Number eight, if you weren't laughing already, is going to be Baker Mayfield with Mike Evans. Okay, stop it. <laughs> this guy thinks Baker's going to win the starting job. Uh, sure sure he is and then number nine Finch I'm sorry but it's Mac Jones with Juju Smith-Schuster now see I would now what if it's what if it's Hopkins because I keep saying that he's I keep reading that he's going to go to the Patriots I, I think he would replace Schuster it would be Jones with Hopkins yeah and it would but then would you, would you upgrade him. that combo though well let's see well let's go backwards so is that is is Mac Jones with um 
oh my god, DeAndre. I was like, why do I blanking? Who's that guy? Is uh, Mac Jones with DeAndre Hopkins more intriguing than Mayfield Evans? I think so. Yes. More intriguing than Prescott Cooks? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but is it more impressive than Garoppolo Adams? No, I don't think so. So, yes, it moves him up two or three spots. So my question to you is, just based off your initial reaction, okay. what's the one that you're like, oh, my God, yes, I can see this being intriguing? Uh, I think it's got to be Garoppolo and Adams. Mm-hmm. And then second, I think, would be uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, Lawrence Calvin with uh, Calvin Ridley? Yeah. Number two for me is, is Fields with more. I agree with you absolutely on number one. Number two is Fields with more. I think the Chicago Bears have driven up probably, and don't quote me on this because I'm sure somebody's going to be like, hey, you forgot about these guys. But I think DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, and Chase Claypool are the most balanced one, two, three in the league right now. Claypool is a savvy route runner. Savvy. Darnell Mooney is like the Byron Pringle of Chicago. And DJ Moore <laughs> made it work with really bad quarterback play the last couple of years in, the, in in Carolina. I think if Fields stops scrambling like a fool, this could be really good. I, Are I the think, Bears going to be good? Not necessarily, but I think their offense could be better. And that's that's the question I have. I don't know how the Bears are going to use him. Because I feel like the Bears want him to play like Lamar and to run first. So I don't, I don't I don't know. I think the Bears want him to be more Mahomes and create and use his legs when absolutely necessary. That's why I see the Bears the Bears wanting him to be, and they've literally given him all of the things he needs. Oh, and by the way, we haven't mes- we haven't mentioned Cole Komet. Remember him? Yeah, he led the he led the Bears in receiving yards last year. Well, someone had to. You know how many yards he had? Uh, 1,300. 544. <laughs> wow, I was being super gracious. <laughs> I can't believe Mooney didn't have more yards than that. I think he was hurt. That's got to be it. That's got to be it. I'm I'm not intrigued. Oh, Mooney only had 493 yards last year. Oh, that's sad. Oh my god. I have people I have I have third string receivers in Retro Bowl with more receivers than that. Seriously, yeah. how many games did he miss? I I'm hoping he missed games because if he didn't, then that that's a problem. He only missed five. He played eleven. Oh. He played twelve games last oh. year. Uh, I'm sorry, wait, no, no, nope, no, nope. no, wait. He nope. technically started on November twenty seventh against the Jets, but he never caught anything and he wasn't targeted. He was on the field for 18 total snaps, no targets, no receptions. So can we can just throw that out, right? Yeah. We missed six games, So, but he played 11 games. And he only had 400 and yards, 450, you said? 493. <clears throat> and one game, oh. he was negative four. Oh, jeez. Okay. He had one catch for <laughs> minus four yards. Uh, mm. He never broke 100 <laughs> yards last year. All right. Well, we, we tried to try to talk him up. Uh. <laughs> yeah, we really did. We were big. I would. I. I, I won't say we because I'm not dragging you into my nonsense. I was really big on Darnell Mooney. He was only targeted 61 times, and he caught 40 of them. His catch rate was 65.6 percent. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. 
Interesting. But that plays that plays to your point, right? Is Fields not playing quarterback like a quarterback? <clears throat> yeah, because I feel as he's going to he's going to, and I don't, and I can't tell if it's him doing it. Like he's like, oh my god, I'm going to die. I need to run away, or was it the Bears being like, hey, you need to run first and throw later? I I don't I I don't think that I think it's the former. I I think he panics. I think the Bears the offensive line was bad. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think the Bears offensive line was historically bad. And I think that they were like, holy crap. And he's just like, holy crap, I have to make this happen. Mm. And different guys make things happen differently. Lamar Jackson is really good at scrambling and then dedicating to the run. Mahomes is good at scrambling and, and making people move. I mean, if you watch watch a Kansas City Chiefs game, and at some point, you're going to see a close-up on Patrick Mahomes after a scramble-slash-incomplete pass, and you are going to read the following words on his lips. You have to come back to me. Happens all the time. The general rule in the Kansas City Chiefs offense, from what I can tell, is when Patrick scrambles, the wide receiver should start moving back towards the line of scrimmage. Then it becomes backyard football. <laughs> and it becomes backyard football because the defenders are staying back and trying to contain. So if you're all covered and Patrick has to scramble, then that means you need to come back towards him and create space. And mm-hmm. by that point, usually the play has been running for three seconds you're 30 yards downfield. Moving back five yards towards Mahomes is not going to cost you a first down. Right. But every time you see a busted play and Patrick throws a ball at somebody's feet, almost always the cameras come onto his face and you see him look downfield and go, you have to come back to me. And that's, 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 so there's these different approaches. Lamar sees a busted play and goes, I'm going to extend the play with my legs and hopefully I don't have to throw. I don't have to run, but I will if I have to and buys himself an extra second and a half to see if anyone gets open. Mahomes goes through that weird progression. Justin Fields just goes, shit, everyone's covered. I gots to go. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think it's a maturation thing for him. I really do. I really do. All right, so that's a burning hot takes. Let's just jump. We're already halfway through our episode, so let's jump right in Crazy. to our <laughs> north side. Let's start with Craig's division, just in case we don't get to both of them tonight. <laughs> let's start with the AFC North. Go in alphabetical order, so we're going to start with the Baltimore Ravens. Craig, what is burning for you? For, and this is just a brief kind of general overview that we're doing right now. We're going to get really into the position stuff in July. What do you? What is sticking out to you about the Baltimore Ravens? What do you like? What do you hate? Uh, with the Ravens, and again, I'm trying not to be to be biased here, but the Ravens, the Ravens' offense revolves around Lamar, mm-hmm. as it does with most with most uh, offenses with their revolves around their quarterback. Sure. But I think with Lamar, like if Lamar goes out, like the Ravens just have no clue what to do. Um, I agree. So just how, like how they're built, I, I don't know. I just f- still feel like Lamar is not going to finish the season, and like I think they're 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 just going to fall apart again, like they did last year. They brought in that new OC. What's his name? Todd something or other. Yeah, something. I don't Todd know. Monkfish Munkin Munkin Todd Munkin <laughs> Monkfish. They Monkfish. Yeah. They brought him in and. I think it's because they want him to try and spread the field out more. 
kind of like the Chiefs do. And so when you think about it, they've got weapons. Say Flowers is still there. Rashad Bateman is still there. Odell Beckham is there now. I'm hearing rumors that J.K. Dobbins is 100%, which I know you're a big Dobbins guy. I am. I am. Are you big on Dobbins this year? Uh, I just hope he can finish the season. <laughs> yeah. That's my... That's my that's my thing with him. I was a big fan of his in college, but he he has injury issues and running backs, once you get hurt once, like it's hard to come back like on a consistent you, basis. So Cuz you know who's the next man up, right? Uh is it Hill or Edwards? It's our man Gus Edwards. <laughs> Remember Gus? I try not to. All right, so injuries, <laughs> Do you know injuries, Nelson Aguilar is still there? Did you know he still plays? I, I did not. I didn't even realize that. I did not. Nelson Aguilar is Nelson Aguilar is Tyreek Hill without the ability to get open. <laughs> He's all speed and he just can't get open. <laughs> As, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got feet hands. He can't catch anything. So. Hey, and you know what? You know what? Lamar has and I I used to work with a Ravens fan, so we would like we would annoy each other, but at one point even he admitted that like Lamar couldn't throw. But since Lamar has gotten eye surgery, he's he's been better. He has been better. So I will say that. All right. So let's move on to the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm just going to let you tell championship. me what to think about the Bengals. That's championship. It's really, it's really it. Um, you know, they're now listen. I was very sad to see Mr. Perrine leave. Uh, he was a favorite of mine. No, you were you were he, Samaj Perrine and what's his name, Giovanni Bernard. You were true. Yeah. I, I was, you know, he's got the beard. He just, I don't know. I, I liked him. Wish he stayed, but you know, things happen. It's a, it's a business. Are they okay without him? You know, they do have Chase Brown now, and they still have Travion Williams and Chris Evans. Not that either of them played a lot, but Chase Brown has potential. Uh, luckily, you know, Mixon sorted out his uh, legal issues. That's is that all done, or is that still going I, on? I think they're done because they said he wasn't I don't know if he wasn't home when that happened or they proved like he didn't actually do do it. I don't know. But did I think they burn, it's did they burn the bloody clothes. I mean, is that what happened? <laughs> they might have. Um okay, really, so... you know, it's going to it's really going to come down to for the love of god, can their offensive line stay healthy because they just spent a lot of money for Orlando Brown Jr. and god willing he will not break himself. At any point this season. <laughs> oh, he's fine. He was durable with the Chiefs. He's fine. And he's going to be huge for you guys. Huge. Huge. People are going to walk up to you on the street and say, <laughs> sir, thank you. Tears in their eyes. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna, I just ran Joe Mixon through a Google, Google search and click news. Oh, okay. All right. Two days ago, Joe oh, Mixon no. <laughs> wasn't worried about his future with Bengals. Okay. okay. All right. One day ago from the huddle. Here's how to approach drafting Joe Mixon in fantasy football leagues. Okay. <laughs> Five days ago, Sports Illustrated, Joe Mixon praises Bengals owner Mike Brown following offseason full of speculation. Okay. Okay, first off, when you're kissing Mike Brown's ass, <laughs> that, honestly, I was fine until I read that. <laughs> I, I, I'm off the train. <laughs> I'm I'm off the I'm off the mixing train until he gets until he gets this cleared up. No, that's 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 totally understandable. Totally understandable. And, and if he does go to jail, 
what happens, or, or he has to take time away from the team, whatever whatever the reason may be. Yeah. What if the reaction to replacing him is signing Zeke? Um, You'll be okay? Uh, yeah, as long as they don't think he's going to be able to, you know, play every down, I guess. So fast forward to week six. Joe Mixon <laughs> is done for the year for whatever reason. Yeah. And Zeke Elliott is in there, and he's had seven carries for four yards. <laughs> Craig is no longer pouring the whiskey into a glass. He is just walking around with the bottle, <laughs> screaming, throw the ball. <laughs> I guarantee you, you know, yeah. if it happens, I promise you, folks, I will film it. Um. Maybe they they convinced uh, uh, Dalvin Cook to sign with them instead of Zeke. I don't know. Maybe, no. <laughs> oh, would that be it? that? That would be. It. I'm sorry. When Dalvin Cook got cut, Zeke had to be like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> Probably. Probably. All of a sudden, the four teams that called and left him voicemails the week before aren't returning the calls. <laughs> no. <Nope. You> know? <laughs> the number you are trying to reach has been changed. <laughs> Damn it! Thank you. <laughs> Click. You know they. Using burner phones to contact Zeke. <laughs> Again, remember, I know Craig was all over this, and I thought, I honest to God, thought Craig was overreacting when it happened. But the day that we found out that Ezekiel Elliott had tested positive for COVID, and then the next day we found out he'd been at a birthday party completely unmasked with like a thousand people. I think it was Dak Prescott's birthday. Yeah, too. I think so. It was somebody else on the team, I, I think. Craig went off on a rant that still circles the earth in <laughs> orbit. It was so intense about how this was the end of Zeke, and he was absolutely right. See that, folks? Absolutely we get some right. things right here. God damn not, it. No, no, not we. I can't take any credit for that. That was all you. Because I sat here the whole time going, oh, Jesus Christ. He's, Zeke's going to run for 1,200 yards this year. Craig's going to be fucking pissed. Meanwhile, Craig's like, you know. Yeah, so... Yep. All right, on to the Cleveland yep. Browns. Yeah. Sean Watson's there. Jacoby Brissett's there. Joshua Dobbs is there, I think. No, I think Jacoby Brissett, I don't I don't think he's there, is he? I thought he was. Hold on. Let me do this. He is. I don't remember. I, that is... still... Go ahead. No, I think the, the depth chart I was just looking at didn't have him on there, but maybe he is there. Oh, he's in Washington. Oh, my God. That's right. I totally forgot. He's the he's the commanders. You're right. You're right. You're right. So, Craig will remember that in my pot and outside of my podcasting life, one of my things I'd like to do is I'm a Twitch streamer, and one of the guys I love to follow is a guy named Bofer, Bofer score underscore HS. If you want to find him on Twitch, the other day I entered Bofer's chat, and I've been watching Bofer for almost three years. So when I walk in and I just like, hey man, how you doing? In in chat, he almost always responds with, hey, how you doing? Blah blah. And he knows about the podcast. I, I, from all reports, he listens to the podcast once in a while. He's not a big football fan. I caught him on a day last week where he was feeling in a chatty mood. And he was like, Britt, I know the busy time of year is coming up. I got to ask you about my Browns. <laughs> I, I'm not, and I'm not feeling good. I don't, I don't feel good. I don't feel good, Britt. <laughs> and I wanted to give him words of comfort. <laughs> and I just couldn't do it. This team is a tire fire in a good division. Yeah. You can be a tire fire in a bad division and win a bunch of games, cough, Giants, but not in the AFC North. No. They have they have Nick Chubb. Stop. 
That's it. So the next next team is on <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. First Pittsburgh off, Pittsburgh Steelers. We got we got to stop for a moment. The Pittsburgh Steelers offensive coordinator's name is Matt Canada. Yes, it is. I yes, tell you, is. I'm going to introduce you to a guy named Matt Canada. No filter. First impression. <laughs> what does that guy do for a living? His name is uh, Matt Canada. He's a wrestler. That that is one of the two things that came to my mind immediately. <laughs> he is either a wrestler or he is a porn star. <laughs> that is it. Or both. Maybe both. Or he. Hey, Val, Val Venus. That's right. That's right. Rick Rude. I mean, that was the whole gimmick of those two guys. Yeah. Or Buff Bagwell. There you go. Buff Bagwell. Well, but he was a wrestler first and then in porn later. But Right. right. Yeah. Val Venus's whole thing was he'd come out to the ring in a, to- in a towel and it would be supposedly because he just did a scene backstage, if you know what I mean. <laughs> All right. Listen, let me tell you. Guys, guys who are doing adult videos, don't sit there and go, can we wrap this up? I got a wrestling match in three minutes. <laughs> That doesn't happen. So, so Matt Canada, possible wrestler, possible porn star, is their offensive coordinator. And people, I, I've heard from very, very smart people, they think he's part of the problem, that he's going to hold back the Steelers' offense. Allen Robinson's there now. He is going to be goal line at best. I've heard really polar, mixed opinions on Najee Harris. There are people who are like, Najee Harris is a top five back, and there are people that saying Najee Harris is not going to be at RB1. He's going to be outside the top 12. So, Craig, my question yep. for you, before you give us any of your thoughts on the Steelers, where is Najee Harris on your list? Uh, as far as running back list, I would have to agree. After what happened last season, he is outside the top 10 for me. I, I have him in my 5 to 10, but he's like definitely he, not a top five. I just feel like they... Was Canada Canada's new, right? Was he was he there last year? year too, I think. Oh, well, I don't know if he was the OC last year, but he was there. I just feel like they don't they either don't like him anymore or they don't know how to use him because they did not use him last year. No, what and this is what they were gonna do. And he's a hometown favorite. Because he went to Pitt. Yep. Yeah, I mean... Okay. So yeah. We're done. We're done. All right, we got to fly through the NFC North, which we can probably do because do we really care? We really don't. <laughs> we just talked about the Chicago. We, t- we talked about the Bears. I'm just going to, if if Khalil Herbert can stay healthy, I have really, really good Although... field. I'm, I'm hearing good <clears throat> things about Rashawn Johnson, but I, I think it's all going to be about fields. It's all on fields. What do you think? It, I think it's all about fields, but there's a going rumor that I've been sort of following-ish that the Bears are going to trade for Chase Young. I don't know what they're going to trade, but Chase Young would help their defense. They they so. had a defense. They did. They liquefied it. They traded them all away. Uh they did as as the Bears do. Detroit Lions. <laughs> their team headed by Jared Goff. Do you know what their backup quarterbacks? You know what his name is? Hendon Hooker. Again, wrestler or porn star <laughs> i i didn't know that david montgomery landed there he did he did and i don't know the other do you see their other running backs it's i can pull up their this really quick it's craig reynolds i'm not saying this in order it's craig reynolds jamar jefferson jermar j-e-r-m-a-r and jameer gibbs oh don't forget oh well, that's the bears i don't want the bears Wait, are we talking about the Bears? No, who are we no, talking, we're talking about? talking about the Lions. The Lions. Jesus, that beer goes right to my fucking head. 
Well, it is strong. Depth chart for the Lions. Okay, so Jameer Gibbs is listed right now as the starter. And then it's Montgomery, Reynolds, and Jermar Jefferson. I think it, uh, this team could be really good. I, I, I'm I'm still not sold on like the 11 and a half wins that I'm seeing on websites, but. And then how do you feel about the receiving core, though? I mean, well, Amon Ra is right? Bra- Who's that? Emerson Williams is going to be out for the year, right? He's I believe the- he was one of the ones out for the year. By the way, did you see news broke? Quick aside, I know we're almost yeah. out of time, but yeah, I'm, I'm all of a sudden now I'm burping. Excuse me. Um, there's there's rumor from inside the NFL that a player lost over two million dollars on gambling last year. Oh, and they're cool. like, but you got to review the gambling policy. Anyone who works for the NFL cannot gamble in any way, shape, or form. Like if you're an NFL, like like person who works in a TV studio, you can't just go to Vegas. Mm. But players are not covered by that. It is not in the collective bargaining agreement. The NFL just said, no, nah, we're not going to restrict you. The only restriction on players is they can't bet on football. Mm. Interesting. So you could sign an NFL contract tomorrow, get $10 million guaranteed, walk up to a craps table and lose $2 million and they can't touch you. But if you walk into the sports book and put five bucks on the Lions to go over 11 and a half wins, you lose a year. Yeah, it's, that, go, that goes in the section of NFL rules that make no sense, which, you, which there's a gotta. lot of. There's a lot of. And supposedly the reason they've never even gone that route is because because these young players have so much money. They want them to go to places like Atlantic City and Vegas and make appearances and gamble. You know, Tom yeah. Tom cameraman ain't making that money. They don't care. Nobody knows who he is. They don't care if he can't go to Vegas. Right. So, by the way, I'm I'm going to Vegas in October. You have to give me a random number to bet for you for uh for roulette. Oh. I'm gonna do one spin for each of the contributors with five <laughs> bucks. Done. <laughs> so yeah, when we get close, we'll get numbers. I, I even if he's out for the years, that means that Josh Reynolds or Khalif Raymond has to start. Yeah. I'm more worried about the fact that their number three is like Marvin Jones. And their starting turn in uh, starting tight end is Sam Laporta. Actually, Brock Wright is listed on this chart, but yeah, Sam oh, Laporta okay. is the two. I don't recognize any of these. They're gonna be a blocking blocking tight end scheme, blocking tight end scheme. This is gonna be all about setting up the run and setting up the 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 bigger the bigger plays downfield. So I'm not big on them, and I'm I'm gonna. We'll get to rankings next month. I'm cautiously optimistic the Lions will be better this year. All right, we're literally running down on time. Green Bay Packers, does anybody care? I think Jordan Love is worth a, a long shot. Um, yeah. So yeah. Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, if you're sitting there in, in round 15 and you've got one slot left, go ahead. Otherwise, I'm not touching the Packers. Yeah. Well, how did, even Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon? No, because you need the pass to set up the run there. Without with with Jordan Love being unproven, unless Love comes out the gate, if the Packers are smart, the first eighteen plays they script on day one are Jordan Love passes, and he has to complete at least fifteen of the eighteen, and then you can have a run game. Hmm. All right, that makes sense. I'll you buy you that. have to you have to put your cards on the table here. Put your cards on the table. Minnesota Viking. Alexander Madison. That's yep. it. That's well, it. Justin Jefferson obviously is Justin Jefferson. 
But um, and and oh, what well, to Hawkinson? He is just there to make Jefferson look good. <laughs> Every time Hawkinson and Jefferson are on the same side of the field, be rest assured, Hawkinson's going to run a short route to try and make the guy on Jefferson think twice. And while that guy's thinking twice, Justin Jefferson's got ten yards of separation. Do you know Jalen Rieger is still is a Viking? Huh? Ooh. Exactly. Jalen Rager, the former Eagle? Yes. I honestly didn't even know he was in the league. Basically, mm-hmm. I just assumed everyone who left the Eagles retired. <laughs> Nelson Aguilar, Jalen Rager. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after Alexander Madison, I I hope he... You know what? I like him. Can he be an all-the-time back? We're, we're oh. going to find out. We're going to find they, out. Hey, but hey, he's going to be he's gonna be awesome in best ball. Just saying. Oh, Madison's going to be epic in best ball if he stays healthy. Yes. If he stays healthy. I'm, but, I mean, I look at this I look at this entire division, and I'm like, I could I grab that guy. I could get that guy. There's nobody here I have to go so get. In this division, are, are the Bears the best team on paper? No, the Vikings are easily. It's the, on paper, the Vikings are. But the Vikings have been the best team on paper, like, 15 times in the last yeah and since 1998 they've been the best team on paper at least eight or nine times and then green bay is like hold my beer <laughs> and, and you know i just i i think i i will say this this division is completely up for grabs yes i think so any of these four teams could win this division and i would love to see the lions do it because the lions are still the oldest team in the nfl that has never appeared in the super bowl yeah i mean it would it would be nice it would be nice and, and Detroit could use a win. I mean, was the they last could. time Detroit won anything? Uh, uh, the Tigers win the World Series in the 90s? Did they? I'd have to look it up. Did the Pistons win anything? Pistons won a bunch in the 80s. Red Wings? They won wins? like two or three times. Red Wings, I think. Hold on, we're gonna, we're gonna, we'll do it live. Yeah, well, let's look. Let's look at, as for our, our last Detroit little bit. Detroit <laughs> Pro Sports Champions. I think the Red Wings were good in the 90s-ish. The last Early time... 2000s. Okay, Detroit Lions have four titles, but all of them predate the Super Bowl era. Okay, those don't count for this The Tigers have four championships. The Pistons have three. The Red Wings have 11. But when's the last one one of them won? That's a fantastic question. Uh... I'm looking. In the 1930s, at one point, Detroit was called the City of Champions <laughs> because the Lions uh. won the NFL championship in 35. The Tigers won the pennant in 34 and 35 and the Ooh. World Series in 35. Oh. And then the Red Wings won the championship in 36 and 37. Damn. So between 1934 and 1937, they had a championship or finalist banner every year. <laughs> and sometimes cool. more than one. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. When was the awesome. last time the Red Wings won the cup? Doo-doo-doo. I'm looking. Scrolling. I'm scrolling through Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, well, they haven't made the playoffs in the last six years. I'm going to call the fame, team captains, draft picks, Gordie Howe. Let's look at the Red Wings. Dan Lee. Cup. I feel like they won one when I was like in college. Uh, they they have won the most Stanley Cups of any franchise in the United States. Oh, hmm. 
Hmm. But that puts him third in the NHL behind both the Canadians and the Maple Leafs. (laughs) Well, yeah, they're Canadian. (laughs) Oh, Steve Eiserman. Remember when he was there? I remember Steve Eiserman. I'm I'm literally scrolling through their freaking Hall of Fame. Jesus. Hmm. Where is... Here's season by season record. No, that's just the last couple of years. Oh my God. They played in the Little Caesars Arena? Oh, that's terribly <laughs> sad. Um, yeah, it's it's been years. I can't I can't find Stanley Cup champions. <laughs> I'm just gonna do this. All right, list of Stanley Cup champions. All right, because we know it's gotta be them, right? Detroit hasn't won anything in ages. Right. 1906, no. Oh, here we go. Okay. They break it up by era. Okay, let's see here. So, St. Louis, Penguins. Oh, here we go. The Red Wings, the Red Wings were the last team to win the Stanley Cup in 2000. No, they won in 2008, so they were the last Detroit team to win anything. So, it has been 15 years since a Detroit team has won any form of championship. Yep. And, yeah, yeah (laughs) yeah so but you know what you can be a champion by helping us out by going ahead and leaving us a review on whatever podcast directory you have found us on and i just realized now i did it again (laughs) i moved straight into the closing without doing final thoughts well you know what i think i think detroit should be our final thought because they deserve something amen so back (laughs) to being a champion and leaving us a review whatever directory you found us on please leave us a review it really helps us out if you'd like to reach out to the podcast, the best way to do so is through email. And that is fignutsdfs at gmail.com. That's fignutsdfs at, fi- at gmail.com. You can also reach try to reach us on Twitter. I don't even know if we still have a t- Twitter account, but probably Te- Technically, but... Yeah. Technically, air quotes, technically. Um, and we're also the Football Fignuts Podcast on Facebook. All right, Craig. Couple more, two more weeks till the start of season seven. We yeah. gotta get through two more freaking divisions. We do. <laughs> Actually, I think I, here's here's my plan. Here's my okay. crazy plan. All right. Because the South is so bad. Yes. Next week, let's not do burning hot takes or anything unless something major happens. Mm-hmm. Let's just come in and blow out the South and the Western divisions in one quick episode, okay. and then we could take a week off before the new season starts. Uh, I agree with that. I agree. We'll go drink it. Well, well, you know what? No, we're not going to take nope. a week off. We're going to okay. have a production meeting. That's right. We're going to have a production meeting. We have to start planning season seven. So, All right. Well, which is already done. But, that's but still, it has to be planned officially. officially. Yes. 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 It has to be ratified by a quorum <laughs> of individuals. Exactly. exactly. Your, your elected representatives have to put their seal <laughs> on it. So. All right, folks, we will see you next week then for our South and West region overlooks. And then we're going to launch into season seven, the first week of July. So until we speak to you next week, my name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Hi, Deb.